happening, people? Yes, yes, yes. What's going on, people? We're back here again, and today we have a very, very special guest. Someone that is doing amazing things, and I'm happy to be reconnected with. Got a great story, a very inspiring story, and has achieved great amount of success in the property industry and also just in business in general. So we have Daniel Moses here today. Um, can you introduce yourself for those who may not know who you are? Yeah, thanks guys uh, for having me on your studio. I really love it down here, man. It's absolutely beautiful. It's pleasure. Yeah, so uh, my name is Daniel Moses. I am a property entrepreneur, speaker, a coach, and a mentor, and also a life coach. I help individuals get started in property investing and also help people uh, around their mindsets as well because uh, mindset is one of you know, one of the biggest things in life. If you can get your mindset right in life, you can get anything, absolutely anything, mm-hmm. you know, right in life. So I just help individuals uh, to, to, to kind of, you know, help them to, to create wealth. Uh, probably, as you have known my story already, uh, a couple of years back, I was an Uber driver for about, you know, 18 months after mm-hmm. having a, a loss in my business back home in Africa. And just in the last four years, I've been able to build a, a business in the region of over two million pounds. So yeah, so I just help individuals, you know, you know, who were currently probably, you know, people who went through some sort of the same journeys as me, mm-hmm. or people with no hopes of actually making it. Because for me, it's all about if 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 I can do it, anyone else, you know, anyone listening to to, to me right now you know, can do it. It's just about getting your mindset right. So, yeah, definitely. it's a pleasure to have, to have me in your studio. Definitely, definitely. We can't, yeah, like you said, you kind of just touched on it a little bit, but we can't brush over it in terms of your your story. So, we want to hear from <laughs> from the beginning how things were. Yeah. Um, for example, like you said, back home, how things were, the business you were doing. Mm-hmm. I know you got a good amount of success doing that as well. Yeah. And then transitioning over here. And then get into the stage you're at now. Before, before, we, before we get into it, can you just kind of just provide some additional context for the listeners? Because obviously you said you're from Nigeria. Yeah. Edo State, right? Yeah. So can you just describe, you know, what Nigeria is like and kind of the disconnect between rich and poor? Yes, um, absolutely. Thanks for that question. So um, the thing is, as you said already, I'm from Edo State, Nigeria. I was born, raised mm. in Nigeria. Secondary school, sorry, primary school, secondary school, university. Mm. You know, all my life uh, before the UK was in Nigeria, and uh, the the thing is, an average Nigerian live on a minimum of as little as a pound a day. Mm. All right, that just goes to tell you the difference. While the rich, the richer Nigerian, you know, goes to spending about probably a thousand pound a day. Mm. So you can see the the, the divide. Mm. So the poorest person in Nigeria struggles for a pound and why the richest person in Nigeria can actually spend about a thousand pounds a day. So just that just goes to tell you the divide mm-hmm. that we have between the rich and the poor. Mm. And uh, I, I'm quite fortunate to, to have been raised in a quite a decent home. I wouldn't say a wealthy family, but uh, kind of a little bit of work, work to do for kind of, you know, family. So um, I, I kind of un- understood what it is to, 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 to see someone really poor and to also to see someone on the average mm. and also someone who is, you know, so, some kind of rich as well. Yeah. So there's a balance in between from my personal perspective and how I grew up. So growing up as a child, you know, I remember, you know, the days where I went to 
to the to, to primary schools. So you literally carry this, like it's called a slate board. You take your own slate board to school mm. and then you write with chucks on, on them. And, you know, you will be whipped in school and you will be corrected in school. Mm. But in England, it's, it's, it's an absolute switch. In England, you know, we have the luxury, yeah. you know, of, you know, I've got two kids. My son is 13 years old. My daughter is 10, mm. you know, and seeing them grow up and how I grew up in Nigeria. And I'm just like, you know, I'm so grateful that I, I you know, I've been able to do so well for myself, mm-hmm. you know, in search for greener pasture. I've been able to come to this country, raise my kids in this country, give them a better life, give them the opportunity to become whatever yeah. that they choose to be. Whereas mm. in Nigeria, it's completely opposite. Mm. The only people who sometimes will even have the chance of making it, you know, without, you know, being well-educated, it's it's people that's got a lot, you know, parents who's got a lot of money yeah. mm. that could be able to raise kids and, you know, guarantee them a better life. Sure. Every other one, every other person goes through that hustle and bustle yeah. in trying to make a living, you know, and this is where you, where you watch in the news, you see the, the that aspect of the African side is always being was shown, mm-hmm. but yeah. the wealthy side is not really shown all the time. But the population, again, if you, fight, if you look at the balance in between, Nigeria is a nation with over 300 million people, mm. all right? From the last time I checked, yeah. okay, three hundred million pounds, three hundred million people. Sorry, and the the poverty is like around probably 70 percent, so mm. more than half of the population mm. suffering abject poverty. So it's growing back in Nigeria wasn't very easy, but it is what it is. Um, can I can I just add to that, just touch on that because obviously, like I'm half Nigerian myself, yeah. right? And obviously, like you know, you see the stuff on TV. But I went there, obviously went, went to my village and it was, it put a lot of things into perspective. Yep. You know, even even down to England's benefit system is like, you know, as citizens, we are extremely fortunate. Absolutely. You know, to, to have a welfare system like we do. Yeah. Right. Um, and it just, it, it's like, I was like, wow, like I'm very, very fortunate to be in this position where, you know, there's there are opportunities available. 100%. You know, to just take no, advantage of. Do you know what I mean? I, I speak about it quite a bit because obviously, like I said, I came here when I was ten years old. So I grew up in in Nigeria in Lagos. But like, luckily, I was in a like same as you, you know, in a decent yep. position. Mm. But like, when people ask like why that work so hard, mm. it's because I've seen what it's like mm. knowing that I have a great opportunity here, just in terms of even having. Internet, even having 24 hour electricity, electricity. Mm. do you know what I'm saying? And that's, and like you said, puts a lot of things in perspective because a lot of, there's a lot of entitlement kind of when you kind of grow up in a situation where the government has kind of have your, have your back with welfare and stuff like that as well. So yeah, just really being grateful to be here, grateful for the opportunity here has really kind of helped Mm. me a lot in terms of my drive and my motivation and my work ethic as well because just Nigerians, we just know how to hustle. Yeah. There's, there's just yeah. something in our blood, you know what I mean? Absolutely. So, I agree. So yeah, definitely. Because, because you've seen the worst side, you've seen the bad side. People often ask me, Daniel, what keeps you motivated? Mm-hmm. I said, if you know my story, if you know where I'm coming from, yeah. mm-hmm. like failure is not an option because mm-hmm. I've seen what it is for, you know, a natural human being to live mm-hmm. <laughs> for a pound a day, yeah. a mm-hmm. pound a day. So, yes, an average Nigerian gets motivated by that. And, um, you know, 
I can't wait to, you know, to 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 start even taking my kids back home. Mm-hmm. So they actually see that. Yeah. You know, where for example, you you can't just go and have a sweet mm-hmm. or a bottle of Fanta yeah. without seeking the permission of you know of your parents if you're from the really really poor background. In fact, Fanta is luxury. It's mm-hmm. expensive though. It's expensive yeah. though. It's luxury. Yeah. You know, for a real poor family. Yeah, you know, on here you can do whatever you like. Yeah. And this is one of the things I think us as black individuals, we need to use this, the advantage that we have over here to actually better our life, yeah. to do more, to mm-hmm. be more, yeah, you know, definitely. and I just, you know, every day I keep, I keep, I keep hoping, I said, I want to make a change yeah. that I want to see, yeah, you know, and I'm 41 years of age now and I felt like, you know what, I was called into what I'm doing now at the right time, but mm-hmm. I wish I could start what I was, at what I'm doing now like many years back mm. so that I can actually be a, a, a massive move to the younger generation yeah. when you talk about, because the first thing in England, when you see people talk, the first thing you hear them talk about is, you know, the knife crime, the bat, you know, the gangs and all yeah. of that. Yeah. Well, we've got this natural entrepreneurship spirit mm-hmm. to fight in us. Mm-hmm. Know, and we can use that to the biggest of, of you know, the biggest of advantages oh, definitely, yeah. definitely. to actually be more. No, definitely. Even you coming on the podcast is a way of being being that change. Just even like, yeah, just telling telling your story, letting people Absolutely. kind of know yeah. where, where you came from as well. So yeah, definitely really, really happy to get you on the podcast. Cause yeah, like I know your story, but they don't. So True. just in terms of kind of where it all started, like you said, being born and raised in Nigeria, then coming over here, but yeah. also your business as well in Nigeria, because I know you had some success, but also some tough, some tough obstacles Absolutely. you had to face as well. So yeah. could you just touch a bit on that, please? Yeah, I mean, so as I said, I you know, I went to university. So I saw, I, saw, I studied the sociology and anthropology. After my university, I wanted, I wanted a better life for myself. I wanted to be more. So I um, got a visa. <laughs> You know, immigrated to the UK, came down here for a visit, loved the whole, loved the country, loved the culture. And I said to myself, you know what, I've got to probably visit back and leave here. Mm. So, uh, being, you know, an average Nigerian has this sort of entrepreneurial spirit in them. So on that particular visit, I literally bought clothes, bought shoes, bought hats, watches, went back to Nigeria, sold them. Mm. And getting back to Nigeria, I felt like, you know what, I really loved England. Mm. Why, why don't I just come back and live in that country, this country? So I think on my second visit, I met my girlfriend, now my wife. I've been married to her now for um, coming up to 16 years. Mm, amazing. <laughs> yeah. So came back on that second visit and I met her. So we started dating. And you know what, it just all started to make sense and I decided to say you know what let me settle down in this country but it wasn't easy settling down because um, you know what it is when you come to this country you've got you've got to have papers mm-hmm. you know you've, you've got to pay your rent you've got to pay bills in Nigeria it's opposite you know you probably most, most adults don't literally you know leave their father's house till probably about late 20s, even 30s, some never leave, especially firstborns mm. because their parents never want them to leave because they already know that you're going to inherit yeah. the family house and stuff like that. So for me, it was a, it was a brand new beginning coming down here. No, 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 no friends, no brothers, yeah. no sisters, no aunties, no uncle. The first sort of close relationship I, I, was, I had was my girlfriend and her mm. family. So I eventually moved in together and I kept doing what I was doing, buying clothes, shipping stuff to Nigeria. Then from that, I started buying cars, you know, 
Persia 406. Buy them. We'll break them into pieces, load them up in a van, ship it down to Nigeria to sell, buy clothes as well. The same process when I'm traveling back to Nigeria to sell. Eventually, I ended up setting up an internet calf business. Mm. And uh, that business, I, I sold it in 2009-ish, 2010. Because at that particular point in my life, I felt like I'm doing so... I'm trying to... I'm really trying to win hard as a as a as a as an entrepreneur. Yeah. But it was happening. It was it was happening. But again, it wasn't where I wanted to be. Mm. So at that particular point in time, I decided to make you know to relocate back to Nigeria. In 2012, I actually made that big move, and I relocated back to Nigeria to to set up. So I sold my business here, mm. like I said, the Internet Cafe, and I went into oil and gas in Nigeria, and that really went well. Life life got back to normal. It was be better where I wanted to be. Though my wife is not Nigerian, my wife is here from, you know, she's she was born and raised here. Mm. And uh, I got two kids, like I said. So it wasn't easy being back home. Yeah. You know, and... How did you balance the two, you know, balancing the family life, being in Nigeria, but also the the business side as well? It, was, it wasn't easy. Uh, it wasn't easy at all. Yeah. I had to come back to the UK mm. every three to four months. And... Every three to four months I was here. I'm I'm here in the UK, but my mind is back yeah, home. Yeah, yeah. Then I'm back in Nigeria. My mind is back in yeah, the UK. Yeah, yeah. So that was what I had to deal with. And it was just like I was also living two lives because I've got bills to pay in Nigeria. I've got bills to pay in England. Yeah. And, you know, so I just kind of juggled it. You know, that's what we do as men. Yeah, just make, you know, mm-hmm. in naturally as a Nigerian man, you're born to take responsibility of looking after your kids, mm-hmm. looking after your wife. Your wife' income belongs to her. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not it's not your income. You know, so whatever I had I had to, you know, pay pay yeah. out pay out what my wife needs to spend and stuff like that. She doesn't have to pay for anything. So that was what I had to deal with, mm-hmm. back and forth, and obviously the stress in the Nigerian business as well. It really got really well until I had a, a massive, you know, crisis in my business in Nigeria where uh, two of my, you know, trucks, you know, like, the, you know, the big trucks that kind of take the petroleum products mm-hmm. to deliver and share petrol station BPs. Yeah. Or, yeah. So that was what I was into in Nigeria. So uh, two of these trucks actually burst into flame, you know, two of them on the same day. Oh, wow. they, they were actually wow. traveling. And my manager in my in my business way back wasn't competent enough uh, to had renewed our expired insurance and sent oh. them on that trip. So it was just like having a bad luck on my side. Yeah. So I, I and I lost over 150 million in a single day, wow. equivalent in Naira, which is over 150 thousand pounds. Mm. You know what? I smiled and I just I smiled. I thought I was strong, but. Not until when I returned back, I went to the hospital to see the doctor, and the doctor said, I'm going through depression. Mm-hmm. He said, I'm going through depression. I'm going through mental, like, my mental state is not stable. Mm-hmm. I was like, what? I was like, I'm a strong. What, but what did, you did, you, did you feel like it was, it was unstable, though? Uh, no. Because mm. so, you just took it on, didn't yeah, you? I, yeah, because I didn't. I was well. I, I, wasn't, I, wasn't, I wasn't feeling any in any form. But one thing I did notice was I was struggling to sleep. Mm. You know, I was struggling, really struggling to sleep. So, and obviously I kept telling them, you know, why can't I sleep? I'm not thinking about anything. So they started asking me, what are you, is business okay? Is mm. life okay? So, you know, you know how they are. They, yeah. they kind of start digging deep into yeah, questions. Yeah, yeah. And we, you know, we kind of went into it. And then, you know, they, they just said, you know, you're depressed, Daniel. 
and I was placed on anti antidepressant mm. uh, for for some time, and started working with me. And I remember a few couple of times while I lost when I lost that money and the business in Nigeria. You know, about three or four times within a month. You know, the ambulance was called to my house. I would be taken to the hospital, but mm. I get to the hospital, I check me out, and I, and I'm okay. Mm. You know, that was that was hard. Mm. It was really hard because that was everything I had just gone down the drain. Yeah. But I'm quite happy that it happened because if I didn't lost the business in Africa, I think I wouldn't be where I am today. Yeah. Because in 2016, you know, after I lost my business in 2015, I thought it was over. So at that time, I had built a business valued in the region of 150,000 pounds. But today, I've built a business Value in the region over two million pounds. Mm. So it's one of one of the things in one of the key thing was it's not about where you are at that time. It's yeah. about where it's your ability to pick up yourself. Yeah. Mm. You know, your your there's never as long as you have life inside of you, mm -hmm. there's never an end to a life yeah. until you're actually dead. Yeah. yeah. Even just looking back in terms of the timeline, like you said. From 2021 now to 2016, it was just kind of a a phase and part yeah. of your timeline and your Absolutely. story. So. Mm. Every everyone needs to go through a phase, mm -hmm. and I think at that time, for me, God was putting me through and prepare. I think, not. I I just feel like I've I have been prepared mm. for whatever that is happening to me today, mm -hmm. because since 2017, I've just seen myself grow and grow and grow but in the past I've never had to grow like that yeah you know I'll probably grow for about six months I'll go for another challenge for like 12 months or I'll grow for like 12 months I'll go for another challenge for like 12 months so it would be like year of success year of backwardness yeah. you know that was kind of what I went through it was mm -hmm. always roller coaster roller coaster of you know but since 2017 you know I just grew and how did I manage to, you know, grow like that? I don't know. But one of the things I know is that I know people talk about education, mm -hmm. getting, you know, getting education, get a degree, go to school. But there's something I didn't know about, about self-development, mm -hmm. personal development, mm -hmm. having mentors, mm -hmm. yeah. you, know, on the, you know, going through life. You know, I think one of the biggest issues I had as a person was that, you know, I was going to the wrong people for the right advice, yeah. which is the biggest destroyer as a business entrepreneur. It's like you want to be a millionaire. You're going mm. to ask someone that's never made 500K yeah. for yeah. advice. It's yeah. like you need 10,000 pounds. You're going to ask someone who's never made 10, 10, 10 pounds yeah. for an advice. Mm. It's like, it, it, just, it just breaks people. And that was me way back. So having been through that phase of my life, first of all, I walked my way through I'm going to get out of this antidepressant. And I did. And obviously, I became an Uber driver. Yeah. You know, I became a taxi driver. And I think when I was an Uber driver, it was good because it paid the bills. Yeah. You know, it really paid the bills. But eventually, I'm just grateful that the challenges, the roller coaster, the Uber driver gave me what I am today. Mm -hmm. And I probably... My share in the next question. Uh, definitely, <laughs> definitely. If you so said you said obviously going through that and um, you know uh, being Uber driver is kind of made you today, right? But what would you? How would you describe 
that whole period, that whole experience, how would you describe it in three words? In three words. So when 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 life knocks you down, you know, have a strategy. Mm. You know, some people, when life knocks you down, there is no strategy about how you're going to get yourself back up. Mm. So I think when I became an Uber driver, the first thing was the Uber, being an Uber driver was, okay, this will be a temporary fix. Yeah. All right? While I figure out mm-hmm. myself. That was number one thing that I learned from it. When I became an Uber driver, mm. the second thing was, how long can I hold on? Mm-hmm. How long can I hold on? And the last question, the last strategy within the question you've asked mm-hmm. is, am I going to stay here forever mm. or I've got to figure something. Mm. But this is where, trust me, whether you, you know, I say this all the time and every time I have a, a, a talk, I always say, this is where you've got to believe in yourself mm-hmm. and believe there is a supernatural being that is above human creation. Mm-hmm. So for me, at that point in my life, there's something that happened. I uh, discovered God because as like, what is happening? Is there something you're trying to make me learn? And and I've heard a voice in my sleep that turned into my reality of today. Mm. I was so tired. I was in a car and I slept off, you know, in one of these McDonald's because I was, I was bringing someone from the, I, was, I went to drop someone at the airport. And through that, I got revealed to, like I had a dream that I, I was like looking at houses Mm. And when I woke up from that sleep, I went on my Facebook just to kind of have a look on my social media. And I saw an ad on Facebook mm. talking about property. And I clicked on that ad. I had the last 70 pounds on my wallet, yeah. on my card, sorry. And I paid for that event. So, and I tested it. So the strategy was just as simple as that. Those were the three major things that, that I learned, you know, that helped me kind of, be who I am today Definitely. because if I wasn't strong enough to to take the leap of faith that okay you know what let me go into that property mm-hmm. training program or mm. a networking event probably would never be here yeah number two if I didn't have the, the 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 energy the strength within myself to persevere yeah that there must be a way around this mm-hmm. and if I wasn't patient enough to do Uber long enough mm. to humble my to, yeah, to, to humble get me humbled yeah. mm. Because sometimes when you we get humbled, and it's all is it's 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 up to you to accept that this yeah. is a period where you just need to humble yourself, yeah. you know. And once I think I went through that phase of my life, you know, the rest is is absolutely history now. Yeah. <laughs> no, I love I love that so much because just like you said, the being humble enough to say, you know what, I've just got to make this money anyhow. Yeah. I'm not above it. Like I need to provide for myself, provide for my family, yeah. and a lot of the time people think they're they're too sexy to to do a job like that. If you know what I mean, or mm-hmm. for just even a normal job, a lot of people are like, no, I have to work for myself. I need to do this. And then secondly, like that leap of faith, taking that risk. A lot of the times people are scared to invest in themselves or scared to pay for an event. But yeah. you never know who you can meet there. Do you know what I mean? And you also never know what type of knowledge you could you could gain there as well. Mm-hmm. So I just love that so much because I feel like it's super, super important. Because like you said, even 
when you're at your lowest is not the end because Absolutely. as long as there's still life in you, yep. there's still that driving you, you yep. can still turn it around just like mm-hmm. you did as well. So uh, for, for anyone listening that is feeling a bit down right now with everything going on in the world as well, I hope that gives them some inspiration and some Absolutely. energy to, yep. to make something happen. And it's, it's a good seg- segue into kind of like my next thing that I want to ask you, right? Because um, obviously um, you do like mindset coaching yep. as well, right? Absolutely. So to go through all that, to bring yourself from it, you know, you must have a mind, a, a mind that's tougher than Kevlar. Do you know what I mean? And how did you develop, you know, such a mindset to be so mentally resilient to to take to, to suffer a loss in your business in Nigeria, go through depression, humble you humbled yourself to be an Uber driver to now, you know, go into property, um, becoming successful. Like what 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 mindset and what discipline did you ha- did you did you obviously put in place? You see, that's a big question. Uh, when when I started developing myself, mm. you know, I um, like I said, education to me was all about getting educated, like mm. go to school, get a degree. So I never, every single person that I spoke to, mm. you know, that, you know, I'm going to these networking events now, and I'm going to paying for somebody to train me in how to invest in property mm-hmm. or somebody actually showing me my point A to my point Z, you know, in investing in property. Mm. Every single person that I was around me told me I was being scammed. Told yeah. me it doesn't work. Just face being an Uber driver. And something within myself told mm. me that, you know what? You need to listen to these people mm. with this passion, mm. you know, of you being an entrepreneur and property could be your your leeway, your your mm-hmm. escape mm-hmm. to be, you know, to to actually stop being an Uber driver. Mm. In that same time, I would ask my mentor and I would say, I'm going through this. And he will say, you know, I'm I'm talking about, for example, I'm trying to talk to a Latin agent or trying to speak to a landlord and I was having backlogs of, you know, you know sorry, brick walls of no, non-success. And I would go back to him and he started telling me the reason why you're not having a breakthrough was you're thinking about it too much. So, and I said, tell me more. He said, then he started saying to me, you see, when you focus on being angry all the time, that's what you're gonna get. Mm-hmm. So you're gonna walk out my you're gonna walk out of this office now. The first three people that you're gonna meet are gonna get you upset mm. because you're focusing on being angry. And I said, I, I don't get it. I don't understand what you mean. He said, okay. He gave me another example. I remember this other example that he gave to me. He said, if you drive your car from your house to the next three, four stops and you had a flat tire, and you talk about that flat tire all day, the whole of the day, that's what you're going to focus on. You're not going to focus on anything else. Mm -hmm. He said, Daniel, I think right now, let's put property aside for the next one month. Let's let's talk about your mind. Tell me about you. I want to get to know you. Let's just put property Mm -hmm. aside. So we kind of started talking about me. Mm. about my story, mm. about how I was raised and everything. Yeah. And we started to unlock a lot of limiting beliefs. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 
And we started to unlock and unlock and unlock and unlock. And in this whole process of unlocking a lot of limiting beliefs, it led me into like, it's like, it's like you're being taken into a very dark room mm. and you feel like you, you're so dark that you can't even see anything, but you can hear voices, but you can't see anything. Mm. Then all of a sudden, you start to see it's like the door being opened gradually and all of a sudden, you're seeing a bright light coming in. Mm. And it took me to that place where I was able to have, have a very deep reflection. And that was how my mindset just, it just like, I can't, Till today, I can't explain mm, it. Yeah. I, I was led to a dark room where it was like I discovered myself and yeah. I discovered my strengths and I discovered my powers. Mm -hmm. I, you know, it's like it's like on, uncovering the the the, the spirit being mm -hmm. inside of you mm -hmm. and knowing how to command that spirit being within inside of you for anything that you want mm -hmm. and you can get it. Yeah. Mm. Powerful. I feel like mm. even when you were just speaking, a lot of just kind of growing up in a certain environment where people haven't achieved the level of success you've achieved or you're striving to achieve. There's a lot of naysayers. There's a lot of people that don't believe it. Mm -hmm. And they you don't even know you have these limiting beliefs. Like, for example, being on the phone to an agent, you're feeling as if they're doing you a favor, but really and truly you're doing them a favor. Yep. But you don't see like that because you're like, oh, I have to beg them. I have to convince them. I'm not aware of you enough. Mm -hmm. yep. Do you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. I, being able to have that deep reflection and now understanding that whatever you put your mind to, that you are worthy, you are of value, you are able to do it. Yeah. I feel like it's, it's so important and being able to go through that experience is, is so key because it really does, does change everything because like you said, you can't speak to someone who hasn't made a million and asked for advice to, to make a million because mm. they, they can't relate to it. Yeah. And even when it comes again, and I want to do say this because a lot of people are afraid to pay for stuff that 100%. will make them get to where they want to be. 100%. And when people hear you're paying someone for this information, for this advice, for this mentorship, a lot of people are quick to say it's a scam or it's this and it's that. So even just for you to have those kind of conversations with someone who can unlock your mind, I feel like it's so important and it's a 100%. great thing for people to really take in as well. 100%. Yeah. I totally agree. I totally agree. Your mindset is your is your biggest asset, mm -hmm. you know. And the reason why a lot of people people are enslaved to their mindset, mm -hmm. you know, it's like, especially African families, mm. you you we we're raised in such a way where our parents love us so much, all right, that they actually are the creator of those fears mm. because they sometimes tell you, oh, you know, stay at home don't do this because of they're afraid of what's mm -hmm. going to happen to you yeah, when you yeah. go out, right? And, or you're speaking to an uncle. You said you've got 10,000 pounds in your bank account, your life savings, and you think you want to do this business. And they say, oh, just save more. Yeah. And save more and save more and save more. And I, for me, I, I don't actually believe in saving savings. I believe in investing. I don't mm -hmm. believe in saving money. If I have money, I make the money work. Mm -hmm. Oh, <laughs> I... I, I... Uh, over lockdown, the, yeah. So over, over, no, yeah. So from like last year to now, I've started to develop that same thought process yeah. because, I, like, you know, we talk about all the time. It's like the money in your bank is not doing anything. So just put it into an investment. Yes, it might be a risk, but if you don't take the risk, you're, you're not gonna know what's on the other side. Yeah. But as long as obviously that risk is calculated, absolutely. I mean, two things. This is how you've got to look at it. All right. 
if you want to become an entrepreneur, it's not a journey of the faint. Mm. It's for the tick. It's people's got tick skin. Mm. All right. You know, if you want to be successful, you've got to have tick skin. Mm-hmm. Someone with a brave heart. Mm-hmm. You know. Often, a lot of people see entrepreneurs share success, and they want to become an entrepreneur because they see, you know, that individual being successful as an entrepreneur. Mm. People don't see the sleepless night. People don't see where the moments where you wake up at night, you feel like actually you're going to fail 100%, but mm. something inside of you tells you you're going to win. Mm-hmm. So I, will, I often say this, like, if you're not prepared to have a mindset transition to develop a thick skin, then don't start. Don't, mm-hmm. don't even start the journey of being an entrepreneur mm-hmm. because there is no such thing as starting a business and growing, you know, in six months, in, in, in four months, in five months, and so on and so forth. Mm. It's a journey of it's a it's a journey that takes a minimum of five years, mm. all right, to to have that breakthrough. So you must be prepared to t- have a thick skin, and then, you know, you can grow. Or if you choose to have, if you choose to see yourself as someone with a faint heart, don't start, don't 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 get a job, mm. you know, because the journey for an entrepreneur it's not, it's not for everyone. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. I often say many accord, few. Uh, choosing, yeah. you know, and that's just the way it is. Mm-hmm. So if you really want to win big, you must be somebody that must, first of all, work on your mindset because your mindset is your biggest, your biggest asset. Definitely. If you, if your mindset conceive that you're going to fail, you will fail. If your mindset tells you you're going to win, you will win. You know, yeah, definitely. there's a book called As a Man Tink- Tinket. Yeah. If you read that book, it will tell you the power really of your mind. Mm-hmm. You know, and once I was able to get my mindset right, within the very first six months of my business, I actually sold, you know, uh, two property deals and I generated me over 4,000 pounds. This was way back in 2017 when I started my property journey. Yeah. You yeah. know, and and between 2017 to 2018, 12 months later, I was able to stop my being an Uber driver. Stop being an Uber driver Caught my license actually took just literally, <laughs> I put it on fire literally yeah. went to call the sticker bought my license <laughs> and you know October to by October November 2018 I had a turnover of eight eighty thousand pounds in, in of income yeah you know 2020 2019 you know I built a portfolio of rent to rent properties mm-hmm. where I have got. At that time, I had uh, over 15 properties. Mm-hmm. Second year, done a £207,000 turnover, you know. And from there, you know, I started acquiring properties. Mm-hmm. Just in this lockdown alone, I built a portfolio of over £1.4 million personal mm-hmm. assets. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, and currently got deal pipeline of over over two £2.5 So, you know, it's all about the mindset mm-hmm. because something changed. I was in that dark room where I, I, I thought, you know, there was no light. There was mm. never going to be light. But someone took me there to unlock yeah. every single limiting belief. Mm-hmm. You know, I went back to the days where I was, I was on antidepressant thinking I wasn't going to make it. But once, he, you know, he was able to help me go through all these knots being, you know, unscrewed. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, I had a massive explosion. Mm-hmm. You know, and I'm just super grateful that I now also use the same sort of tactics to help individuals get started in property, you know, and focus more on their mindset because if they get their mindset right and eliminate their limiting beliefs, you know, 
anyone can be successful. Mm. Definitely. It's just your circle, your network. Who are you listening to? Yeah. You know, don't go to the wrong person for the right advice. Don't go to a barber where you need to... Don't, sorry, don't go to a doctor for a haircut. You go to, you know, a barber mm. for a haircut. Mm-hmm. So you've got to go to the right person. You've got to be your network. You've got to know what you're doing, mm-hmm. you know, by working on your mind. You Definitely. know, so, yes. Mm. Definitely. No, that, that's amazing. For for those listening who may not know and um, what you do in property, so what exactly... Do you do in property? You mentioned rent to rent and deal sourcing. Could you just break it down a bit for people who may be interested as well? Yeah, so I, I help individuals get started in wealth creation through property. And there are three major strategies that I teach individuals, anyone at all looking to invest in property mm-hmm. uh, uh, on how to get started. So basically, the deal sourcing strategy is like almost you've been a, a, an independent letting agent basically finding good deals, finding a, somebody who's looking to buy property or somebody who's looking to rent property and then trade that deal for cash by, you know, by helping them find the right type of property and you get paid. You can get paid between £1,000 to up to £3,000 depending on the situation. Then the other strategy is called the rent-to-rent strategy. So basically, you're borrowing someone's house with their permission. You're going to rent that property out again and you becoming the landlord. So I'll I, I just give an example. I'll come to you now and I'm like, can I rent your house from you and offer you a secured rent month in, month out. And you said, yes. Okay. And then I'm going to say to you, I'm renting the property from you as a three, four, you know, bedroom house, but I'm not going to be renting it to a family, but I'm renting it to five friends together. So that property becomes a house called House of Multiple Occupation, HMOs. So I've gotten the permission from you to do that. And I'm not acting to the five individuals living in that property as if mm. I own the house. Mm. And they pay me rent. I pay you your cut. All right. I pay the bills, the cost of running the property. And eventually there will be a, you know, there will be a pot of, you know, of cash left. That becomes my profit. So which can actually help any person become a landlord, gain landlord experience, gain knowledge, you know, and individuals are making a minimum. Most of my students are making, you know, from 600 pounds net per calendar month profit from mm-hmm. a house they don't own. And all they need to get started in this is just around five to seven thousand pounds, depending on the part of England that you're that you're in. Mm. And then the final one is the wealth builder, whereby you you buy one house, all right, with you know with um, with momentum. Basically, what this means is you buy a house that is run down, you add value to it, you know, you pull all the money that you used to do the refurbishment work, the deposit, you pull all this money out, they use the same money again to buy another property. And you just keep doing over and over and over again. Uh, this is how I've been able to build, you know, a current, you know, valued asset portfolio that I own in the region of over 1.4 million with a deal pipeline of over 2, uh, 2.5 million. So fingers crossed by the end of the year, I, I will easily have a portfolio in the region of 5 million. Mm. Can we Can we go into that... Um the property wealth builder a bit more, right? Because obviously, you know, finding the right property can be a challenge, but then also carrying out the assessment of, you know, the area, do the numbers make yep. sense? Um, so obviously just for our listeners, when looking for an investment property, what are the right things to look for? What are the right questions to ask? And what sort of analysis needs to be done um, in order to make sure that the numbers make sense? Yeah. I mean, one of the things I like to say on that would be the first thing you need to do if you want to really make money in property and you you don't want to make any mistake is find yourself 
an education uh, company to educate you, yeah. an individual who can mentor you, or you can reach out to someone like myself, mm. you know, you know, on Instagram, on Facebook, on LinkedIn, I'm everywhere. You can check Daniel Moses PW on Facebook and you find me there. Mm. And if you go on Instagram, you can check on Daniel Moses uh, DM at the end of it and you can reach out to me and, you know, you can attend one of my free webinars. I have a free webinars every single Thursday at 6.30 uh, uh, p.m. for about an hour, 45 minutes where I go through the face the front face of the of these three strategies that I've talked about. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, you've got to be educated. If you if you're not educated, you're gonna end up making the making some very costly mistakes where you can you can end up losing money completely. Mm. You know, and you don't want to do that. Mm-hmm. So it's not about the due diligence, it's not about the numbers, it's all, it's all about understanding how to apply what is my step one. What is my step two? What is my step three? How do I, how do I know I'm going to make this money back? Mm. How, you know, how do I find the right type of property? And applying that process, like I said, step by step, that's what actually gives you the success. Because anyone can go and buy a property from a letting agent, mm-hmm. right? But there, there are areas where you're going to buy a house and your house might not even add value in the mm. next three years. Mm. You know, or there are areas where, you know, you can't, convert a house into a house of multiple occupation without going for planning permission and mm. so on and so forth. So this is why it's very important for you to get yourself educated before even thinking about investing in property, get yourself educated. Mm. All right? Yes, there are a lot of free stuff on YouTube, but the thing is, no one ever became a doctor by watching free YouTube channels <laughs> of becoming a doctor. Mm. So get yourself a mentor. Yeah. Get yourself educated because that's what put me where I am today. Definitely. I've spent over, in the last 14 months alone, or sorry, the last 18 months alone, I spent over 60,000 pounds on educating myself, not just in property, but in so many other stuff. Mm-hmm. In my entire four years career, I've spent over 100,000 pounds in educating myself to mm-hmm. be where I am today. Yeah. Have I made that money back? One billion percent I have. Mm. You know, the thing is, if you don't invest in yourself, you know, it's almost impossible for you to do, 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 uh, you know, you know, to actually break that barrier and become wealthy. Yeah. You know, they said self-development will make you a fortune. Mm-hmm. All right. Getting yourself educated and getting a degree will make you a living. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, so it all depends on what one you want to do. Mm-hmm. So uh, for me, I believe having someone hold your hand, hold you accountable, show you the step-by-step process, help you make, you know, help you avoid the mistake they made. All right is worth paying for Definitely. in order for you to get to where you want to get to. Mm. You know, so Definitely. that's, for me, that would be the easiest way anyone can get started in property. But I've got a question. What if there's an individual that, you know, he wants to pay for mentorship, but he can't afford it? Well... Or he or, he, he or she, sorry, can't afford it. Well, this is where sometimes you go become a, a personal value. Mm. So you, there can be a need for value exchange. Yeah. So I'll give an example... Uh, you know, I came into the studio, you know, with uh, my videographer, my yeah. photographer. He goes with me almost everywhere that I go to. Mm. You know, he approached me and said, bro, I'm, I'm interested in what you're doing. You know, big up to Femi. Is a, big up Femi. A, big yeah, up so, Femi. Yeah, so Femi, you know, reached out to me and said, bro, I'm interested in what you're doing, but I haven't got the money, mm. right? He said, can I go with you to help you document every single thing you're mm-hmm. doing. Mm-hmm. Swear so he, yeah, he jumped into my, you know, I, I then said, you know what? I introduced him to my business partner, Kevin, one of my mentee who 
actually traded value as well for being becoming my my business partner today. Mm. So, you know, and today, Femi is not in my Wealth Gold Circle membership, which is a 12-month program valued of excess of over 12,000 pounds mm. worth of, you know, inf- knowledge and, and, and information. So that's what you could actually look into doing. Mm-hmm. So if you haven't got the money, what are, what, what are you good at, mm-hmm. you know, that you can offer someone that can make that person bring you into their circle, mm-hmm. all right? The best way of actually winning is for you to get in a seat on the table. Yeah, How do you sure. do that? 100%. You have to Definitely. bring value. Definitely. Mm-hmm. Definitely. And I think a lot of the time, even with value, it's not always, for example, a skill like videography or photography. It's just It could just be work ethic. Yeah. It could just be ideas. Even I remember kind of when I was, like, couple years ago when I was really trying to get a sit on the table with, with some amazing people. Mm. It, for me, it was like, my my selling was always I'm young, I'm fresh, I have energy, mm. but I also can keep you fresh. Do you know what I mean? Like, mm. for example, speaking to a 41 year old, I can be like, I can tell you what's going on yeah. with the 20 year olds or the 18 year olds. I can let you know yeah. what's going on. And that's still my selling now in terms of my agency. I'm speaking to brands to help them engage mm. with young people because I can't be like, oh, um, like why why choose me instead of the bigger agencies? Mm. I have to say like, listen, I'm young. I know what's going on. I speak the language. I'm part of the culture. Mm. You guys are outside. You're outsiders and we're the ones who make mm. movements. Do you know mm. what I'm saying? Mm. So a lot of the time is just being clear and just like you said, self-reflection, being, being quite clear in terms of what type of value do you want to bring? Mm. Studying it, obsessing mm. over it. My way in was marketing. Do you know what I'm saying? I could mm. say to someone, in exchange, I can market your business. I can help you with your strategies. I can help you with social media. Mm. These are not things that I have to pay for. These mm. are not things that I have to kind of have a natural gift for it. Do you know mm. what I'm saying? It's things I obsessed over and I learned over as well. So mm. like you said, having value, you can come up with so many different ways in which you can mm. offer that to someone. You need to find their pain or their problem or offer yeah. a solution for it. And and obviously just, just to add from obviously a corporate perspective, right? So if you don't want to be an entrepreneur and obviously you work and decide to get a job, right? Um, Sometimes you are also asked that in job interviews, what value can you bring? So again, you need to have a good understanding of what your skills are, what your weaknesses are, and the value you can add to that company or organization. Um, so, yeah, so it could it could be it could be diversity, diversity in thought. Yeah. It could be um, your ability to, you know, quickly pick up and synthesize information. So have a good understanding yeah. of of what your skills are. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Absolutely. And um, you also like mentioned your your podcast as well. We'd love to kind of touch a bit more in terms of your podcast, um, what you kind of have in mind for it and what it's going to be about and also where where it's going to be so our listeners can also follow mm. you there as well. Yeah. Uh, the podcast is due to be launched, to be honest. Uh, I think it'll be launched in the next uh, 14 days. Uh, we're just going to be introducing it. Um it's going. It's called the Property, Wealth, and Business Podcast. And what we're talking about is all about mindset around money, mm-hmm. you know, um, around investing mm-hmm. and creating that sort of abundance for yourself through mm-hmm. either business or through property or through anything, yeah. you know, a- anything uh, specifically. Um, we've already started doing some of the recordings and nice. uh, we, we're looking to bring more entrepreneurs, young entrepreneurs, mm. you know, who are already doing at least a minimum of 250,000 pounds in their business mm. just to kind of help 
for someone who has a fifty thousand pound business, how you know can they can can they get to two fifty? Yeah. Or for someone mm-hmm. who's already doing two fifty, how can you get to a million? Yeah. You know, um, one of the things that I really did for myself in the last twelve months was in two thousand and nineteen. I wasn't a, I wasn't a, I wasn't a millionaire, you know, and I wanted to become a millionaire. And the first thing I did was to get myself a coach and a mentor who was doing about seventy million pounds in revenue mm-hmm. became his mentee, and he charged me about £30,000 a year and I paid him. So I got into his network. Mm-hmm. So when I got into his network, I became friends with his yeah, friends. Yeah. So I remember the first time I, I was with them and I'm saying to myself, oh my days, I haven't even got 50 grand <laughs> yet. But I'm in this circle. Yeah, and everything, yeah, yeah. Every time they spoke, what they said don't make sense to me, but I struggled to go through. Mm. But a couple of months later, you know, I'm not in a place where I'm like, yeah, <laughs> I got a portfolio of, you know, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, of X amount. I'm mm-hmm. doing this now. So, yeah, so that's what the podcast is all about. The podcast is really about, you know, take you from where you are now mm-hmm. to, you know, where you want to go. Mm-hmm. If your goal is to, you know, to transition from 150 to 300 to 400. So that's all we're, we're talking about and the importance mm-hmm. of money. Amazing. I'm, I'm definitely tuning in. So you guys make sure yeah, you tune well. in the Property Wealth yeah. podcast as well. Mm-hmm. We're going to be linking it as well. You can see it on our channels as well. Also follow Daniel on his channels as well. Mm-hmm. But thank you so much for coming on, man. We're just scratching mm-hmm. the surface Absolutely. and I can't wait to kind of hear more of your story on I the podcast we as well. Even, but might need a part definitely, two just definitely to dig deeper, deeper into some of this stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. Definitely. I mean, just before we wrap up, this something I want to give a very humble advice. Mm -hmm. You know, most people right now, if they've got a credit card, the first thing they want to do is go on holiday, Mm. buy a new shoe, Mm. take the girlfriend out. How about if you have a credit card and you start thinking, how can you invest that credit card Mm -hmm. into something Mm -hmm. that's going to pay the interest and make you a living? Definitely. All right? So think about that for a minute, all right? Mm. And use credit and convert them into assets. And that's one of the biggest ways I've been able to use people's money, the bank's money, friends Mm. and family's money to do this. When I started in property, I had no money. And I've just given one of the biggest strategies that I Mm. used to get started. And I'm sure at the beginning of the conversation, I said, I only had a 70 pound on that card. And I spent it on a networking mm-hmm. event. Mm. And that was the biggest and the wisest 70, 70 pounds. I was going to say 70,000. <laughs> that was the biggest 70 pounds yeah. I've ever, ever spent in my life. So start thinking about how can you use what you don't have in a good way to get in what you you know, what you need in life. Amazing. Before, yeah, we always wrap it up with a word or phrase of the week. So we're all start going to be. You see, have a mindset stronger than you and be a lion. Okay. Mm. A lion is the king of the jungle. Mm -hmm. If you want to be big, you've got to be fearless. Mm -hmm. If you want to be big, you've got to be fearless. There you have it, folks. There you have it, it, people. There you have it. Thank you all for listening once again. Thank you for coming on podcast, for sharing your story and these amazing Mm. strategies and gems. I hope you guys got something and you actually use these actionable steps as well. But once again, guys, make sure to focus on things that move the needle. Make sure you like, comment, subscribe, subscribe, all that good stuff as well. There you go. So thank you once again for listening. Thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you guys for having me. No problem. Thank you for coming. It's been a pleasure. Bow. Bow.